That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I am Stephen Colbert. And I'm Andrew Dice. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minutes. We are rewatching Dawn of Justice one minute at a time, and we are now on minute 31. We just met Lex Luthor in the flesh for the first time. Uh, he's been teased a lot up to this point via his mercenaries and his magic bullets and various other <laughs> machinations. And now we've seen him sink a uh, conveniently timed three-point shot. <laughs> And start some schmoozing with a few senators, bringing us right into the introduction of another major point in the movie, Kryptonite. Wait, 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 wait. Kryptonite! <laughs> we concluded the mineral could be weaponized if a large enough sample was found. And then, among the fishes, a whale! Ah! Lying at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Emerald City. Beautiful. Yeah, see, this is that's how you know that this isn't the true version of Lex Luthor, is the way he says kryptonite how right, dare yeah. he kryptonite say it straight faced instead of like a clown yeah does he say it in the is it called kryptonite in this movie actually oh that's, my a, gosh. that's a very good point i don't know if they ever say the word i feel like a dummy asking that now i guess they don't uh well they say krypton yeah the a piece of the the rock xeno mineral yeah yeah they call it the rock they call it We'll we'll find out when we get there someone's gonna know and we're gonna get called out on it yeah. now but yeah this is all about the introduction of kryptonite so this brings it back sort of full circle to, I think you said in one of the earlier minutes with, uh, with Island Scientist from the beginning of the, of the show and those two kids that found that, that yep. big rock that, uh, really that's the whole, this whole thing is their fault. <laughs> and that brings us to sort of connect that plot line into here. And we were talking way back then about how, uh, and we've mentioned a few times since then as well, the prequel comics really focused on the effort to rebuild Metropolis and Wayne Enterprises and LexCorp getting a hold of this alien technology and studying it. And that pops up every once in a while, and that's one of the places here, is he credits his rebuild Metropolis crew for getting a hold of this. Yeah. As we've been talking more and more in this chunk of the show about sort of exposition is a dirty word, but it's very exposition heavy, but I, I like Chris Terrio's exposition here um, because mm -hmm. a line like that tells us, okay, well, this is kryptonite. This is where he got it. But there's also that kind of implied backstory of, okay, so Lex is leading up a rebuild metropolis initiative. Um, so we know that he is like a, a philanthropist. We know that he's kind of a, you know, a big name in the city and he's not just this kind of scheming dude. He's actually got a, um, you know, a big sort of public face. And that's sort of where he found the kryptonite. He said it's a souvenir from his rebuild Metropolis. Crew. Yeah, yeah. That and like half attempts to conceal the fact that this is kind of why he was doing it. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I just happened to find this, and we were totally prepared for it. Yeah, we took it to. Well, I love how he's like he's like we found a rock and we tried to cut the alien with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanna maybe. Maybe connect, give me B in there. You went from A to C, right? Like, how many things did you try to cut with it before you tried to cut the alien? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I didn't notice because we get, oh, uh, Ralph Lister playing the character of Emmett Vale with his, one of the smoothest sounding, I assume it's ADR because it sounds so smooth that his, um, you know, we exposed it to the Kryptonian decedent. Uh, that's also the first time I think I've ever heard the word decedent. 
spoken out loud, but I, that was one of the Easter eggs. I think I told you that this is in the comics. This is the scientist who created Metallo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Whether that's a, a remnant of the earlier script yeah, where did we talk about Scoop that? McNary was going to play him. I think we've we've touched on it. Yeah, I'm, I'd be very curious to know if that's like an Easter egg to that version of the script or if in that version of the script he was going to have a bigger a bigger role hmm. because Metallo was supposed to, to come into play. And, and it would have been crazy to see Scoop McNary play him. I don't know about a bigger role. I, I think it would be impossible to have a better role based on uh, how fondly I remember his character in this scene. Decedent. Well, the thing that strikes me, we, we kind of alluded to it before, that this is like if Michael Scott was a supervillain, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, this is this Lex, like the way he says, you know, among the fishes, a whale. Yeah. It's, it goes to like a lot of this, the kind of references of the pop culture stuff that he says, which always comes off as feeling like you are pretending to be witty mm -hmm. or, or you are, you're trying to seem uh, original or clever or it feels very millennial isn't that isn't that sort of a millennial meme that like that we we hide our our depression behind movie quotes or something or something like yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. like we're the the simpsons quote generation or it definitely has the feeling of he has rehearsed this yeah in the mirror <laughs> yeah it does not come off as off the cuff so a lot of the references he makes like through the rest of the movie always feel like he is trying to pretend that he's normal. Yeah, or like I'd love to see the board meeting where he says, like every we every board meeting, he says, "Among the fishes, a whale," and they're like, "We we get it. We know you like yeah. that phrase, Lex." And like he brings it out here, and it's the first time Finch hears it, but the other scientists are like, "Oh, there goes the whale reference again." Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I should also point out in this scene, Dennis North as Senator Barrows, who is is a character that I really like. He is the person who. When Lex kind of takes this turn into, here's what we're doing with this thing, he looks, like, horrified. Yeah. This is not a normal thing for you to have done. Why are you even... And it's it's kind of where the the mask slips a little bit. I feel like maybe this whole act is to kind of, you know, how do you break the ice on that? You're like, okay, so... I'll 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 sink a three point shot to kind of throw him off balance, and then I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 ahoy ahoy. People always like yeah. that one, yep. and I'll I'll charm him up, and then I'll bring him into this fancy lab, and I'll have I'll have this my chief scientist use the word decedent to you know cover up <laughs> the fact that we were testing this on a corpse. The two things in the scene stick out to me now. One of them being how happy or how like quietly proud of him Mercy is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mercy, played by Tao Okamoto, she, her character does kind of – there is something there that is interesting to watch. And, and her, like, quiet pride over how Lex is, like, delivering this clearly rehearsed speech. Yeah, like, yeah, you wonder how many times he gave it for her. And then the other thing, because you brought this up, when he says there's one thing I need, an import license, I was watching it this time being like, how did I ever think this was plausible? Why wouldn't he just bring it? They don't even know it exists. Yeah. So he's clearly just doing – I think you said that before. Like the import license is just to get this on the radar. Yeah. Like obviously he's done all this stuff under the radar in the first place. It, completely. So the entire purpose of this – well, and, and possibly the reason he targeted uh, – what's his name? The the uh, that senator. Oh, uh, Barrows. Barrows. And I feel like the reason that he, he approached him – well, maybe he's on, he's on the committee – but I also get the sense of like, oh, he'll let it slip. Mm -hmm. Like like Finch, oh. like Finch will do her job. But if he finds out, probably Batman will find out. You know, he's mm -hmm. this guy's into some shady dealings and probably being watched or he's bugged or whatever. I don't know. Okay, I need to call these senators here and make them aware of this kind of like 
intriguing, but definitely alarm bell setting off thing yeah. that is definitely going to get out there and will be seen because I know there's a guy just trying to find a thing that's related to the white Portuguese. Yeah, well, it, following breadcrumbs that, that Lex has been laying already. Yeah, like you said, Finch is just immediately like, I want absolutely no part of this. Yeah. So, no, you failed. You blew it. When, in reality, he was never trying to convince them. He was just trying to, I guess, stun them enough to let him take over. Yeah. Or, or to convince them that he knew more than they did about what's going on with this. Well... And so he doesn't need an import license, but he does need Zod's body. So so that is one thing he needs to get from them. But he needs Zod's body for a different reason than yeah. he needs the import license. And I don't know if he knows already about Doomsday, but I feel he just like needs the, his whole, prince. the whole purpose of this was he made the big ask yeah. because he knew he was going to get denied so that he could make a – I mean, not that Zod's body isn't the big ask, but it's – I feel like that was his true intent, and he led with a a false uh, – a, a bluff on what he was looking for so that he could yeah. be like, okay, well, I guess that's off the table, but maybe we can work out something else. It's interesting how Zod is is not a character really in this movie, but his plot is – from the first movie is so clearly continued here. Oh, totally, yeah. Where – it was almost a, a handshake, very conveniently, of Lex shouldering the continuation of Zod's themes, right? About the 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 superior genes and uh, more kind of fascist stuff. Um, very much lines up with with what Lex is talking about, and it's interesting that he needs Zod in order to do that, and then at the end tries to you know make Zod Zod's corpse, you know, a a, um, a enforcer of that philosophy and then there's other visual parallels which you know we'll talk about then also but yeah. that of you know like when Zod well spoilers you can't can't um, spoil that now well no for the people that are watching it a minute at a time and have never seen no it way. now they know and th there's never been a, a Man of Steel sequel why don't we have another Superman movie is it Man of Steel 2 with, with Henry Cavill and it's been been said enough times I think Jay Oliva has said it or Zack Snyder may have said it also that Batman v Superman is the Man of Steel sequel. I don't feel like that should be like a like a revelatory statement. And when people no. say Man of Steel two, they're not necessarily meaning like a sequel to Man of Steel. They're just saying another solo Superman movie. But but I do feel like that that aspect gets lost a lot. Whereas like this is viewed as a crossover, or it's viewed as a setup for Justice League, and or like a spinoff. When what Zack Snyder was doing, he had he had a, a five part series planned. And it was Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League 1, 2, and 3. But it was a five-part Superman story. So yeah. Superman has a clear arc through all of those. And they're all sequels to each other, but not in the same. I think people are, are trying to fit it into like the, oh, no, you're supposed to have Captain America 1 and then Iron Man 1. And then even though the the plot is very clearly a a continuation, I feel like like people are, are sort of lose focus on the fact that this is a, a direct sequel to man of steel not like a parallel it doesn't fit into the the sort of marvel franchise structure and that like you, you don't have a man of steel 2 after this you have a a batman v superman 2 which you know was justice league or was supposed to be justice league like lex being the continuation of zod makes a lot of sense because it's a direct follow-up to that it's not yeah it's not a you know reference or homage or anything it's actually you take Zod's arc from the first movie and you carry it forward visually sort of with his body. But those same themes are then introduced to Lex 
and he uses Zod to accomplish that. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot else other than I just wrote down that Lex is, is insufferable sort of by design. Like, I would not enjoy uh, hanging out with him. I would not pick a fight with this person. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love the, the silver bullet line, I think, is towards the end there. I just always love... He's got all these different, what's one of the many references, like the whale, I feel like is like a, um, I guess he doesn't say white whale, but it always felt like a Moby Dick reference. I think somewhere mm-hmm. in here, there's a Wizard of Oz reference and the silver bullet yeah. is a, I don't know if it's a specific, if it's like a Van Helsing reference or if it's just a like general kind of vampire werewolf Monster. mythology yeah. reference, but it's crazy how imbued everything he says is with literary or otherwise like references. And how you don't need to, like, know vampire mythology for, like, the silver bullet line to mean anything. It's just, it's, everything is is something that he says. I'm very interested to talk next minute, see if we'll find as as much stuff to talk about. We just, we just love talking about Lex so much. But I think we're, we're kind of getting to, like, where he's coming from, which I think, like, if you had told me that when we are finished with Lex in the lab, we know what, we know completely what is driving Clark and Bruce and Lex. I'm not sure I would totally buy it. So even though it's 30 minutes, it does feel like we, we've kind of put this stuff together. Uh, I think we'll have another minute with Lex. So our time in the lab isn't over yet. Back to the lab again. <laughs> the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Hmm. One if I land. Hmm. Two if I air. Hmm. 